Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the entrepreneurs, business executives, and community leaders, sparking the rise of the greater Bentonville area, which represents one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities and economies in the United States and is nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hey folks, I'm your host, James Bell, and today we are pedaling along with Scott Fitzgerald, the big will at Buddy Pegs, where he's the founder and CEO, and where he spends his time spinning tells that take kids and their families on fantastic cycling adventures. But hold on to your handlebars because Scott's not just about telling stories, for two years over at Thaden School, he was the uh, wills program specialist where he swapped textbooks for two wills, turning the classroom into a bike lane and making learning a freewheeling experience. Scott's world is where storytelling meets the spokes and every day is a chance for a new cycling saga. So gear up for a spirited journey of a guy who's making the bike more than just a ride, but a ride into the future. Scott, welcome to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. Thanks for having me, James. I love the intro. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Well, uh, let's get started on this ride. Will you talk about your earliest memory of cycling and how that passion has grown for you over the years? Yeah, sure. It's a you know, it's a it's a long story of um, having the bike really be central to my life, and it started um, back when I was uh, a little kid. And it's hard to remember exactly how old I was. I want to say four, five, might have been six, somewhere in there, right? Um, where I remember the feeling of freedom um, and just excitement and amazement when I first learned how to ride a bike. And at that point in my life, that was. Uh, you know, neighborhood freedom. That was exploration. That was going off with the bigger kids who are already on bikes riding around the neighborhood. And I couldn't wait to get to that point where I was joining them for those adventures. But I also remember it was hard. You know, I remember falling a lot. I remember wondering if I was ever going to be able to do it. I remember all the setbacks and the struggles and the tears. And, you know, it wasn't this joyous, magical moment of, uh, you know, immediate discovery. It was, it was hard work. Yeah, you bet. Um, I remember all the falling too. And now that I'm an adult and I've started riding again, I'm experiencing that again. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not too much. <laughs> yeah, ho hopefully not too much, uh, too much longer. Uh, but yeah, I do. I wrote down some of those adjectives. You said freedom, excitement, amazement, uh, exploration, adventures. I do remember it being exactly that. And each time I get on the bike now, it still feels that way, although my bones hurt a little more. But, <laughs> um, so I checked out your background and it's super interesting. Um, so I'd like to take you back a few years and sort of celebrate your journey and learn from you. Will you take us through your journey uh, from opening a one-man bike shop and taking that to a top 50 bike shop in America? And I believe you did that in Wyoming, right? That was in Jackson, Wyoming. Great. Yeah. Will you talk about that? Yeah, happy to. Um, you know, it, it really goes back to the bike being pretty central to all the major milestones in my life. When I graduated college and I moved uh, west, I was, I was on the East Coast. I grew up on the East Coast, Boston suburbs and school up in Vermont. Um, became really passionate about skiing in the mountains. And that's what brought me out west. And uh, I, yeah, I graduated with a business degree and I, I started to dip a toe into the more conventional business world. And I was going uh, you know, to interviews and internships and trying to launch that, that business career. Um, but along the way, I, I realized that I was really passionate about mountain biking. I, would, I had just been introduced to mountain biking late in college. I had put the bike down for a lot of, a lot of years, you know, through the last part of my high school years and the first part of my college years, the bike wasn't a part of my life. But then I had a, a roommate who was really uh, just starting to get into mountain biking. And this was, you know, mid 1990s. So oh, nice. mountain biking was still pretty new. And it just really spoke to me right away. And I remember somebody or probably many people telling me, you know, 
focus on what you're passionate about. You know, you're young, you're just out of college, you know, what really gets you interested right now? And I thought, well, I mean, mountain biking really has me interested right now. So as I was uh, starting to, you know, launch that career um, that felt more like the, the track I was on, I started working in bike shops uh, as a bike mechanic and I started, rose the ranks and became a service manager and spent a lot of time uh, working in a variety of different shops. And one day it just dawned on me that, you know, that business track I was on didn't have to look conventional. I could sort of do it a little differently. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, what would small business ownership look like? I don't really know, but I'll bet I could go out on my own and try to be a, an independent one-man repair shop and just see what that felt like and what that was like. And when I did that, I got busy right away. I mean, I knew everyone in town. I was, I was a well-known bike mechanic. So when I went out on my own, I had business right away. And one thing led to another and I just kept reacting to, to consumer demands, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, well, it's awesome that you're fixing my bike. Could you, could you sell me a helmet? Well, yeah, I guess I could bring in helmets to sell. Well, that's cool. Could you sell me like some pedals and bike shoes? Yeah, I guess I could sell pedals and bike shoes. And then it turned into bikes and then it turned into other categories of bikes. And over the years, one thing led to another and we became a, you know, a full service, full-fledged bike shop representing all the categories. And we were uh, one of the first, certainly the first in in uh, in our area, but one of the first probably in in the country of ski towns of being a year-round bike shop that didn't turn into a ski shop. Uh, we didn't put away the bike tools in the winter and start doing ski tunes. We just did bikes all year long, but we were buried in snow half the year up there. And um, it, but it seemed to work. You know, it it started to become a real community hub for cycling and. As you know, living here, cyclists yeah. are really passionate about their sport. And that doesn't, that doesn't stop in the middle of winter, even if there's less snow on the ground. So anyways, that led to uh, many years of running that shop um, side by side with my wife, who has been my business partner the whole time. It's pretty cool what happens when you just start a passion and it turns into something big. Yeah, careful what you ask for, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> You've been there. Um, I, I love that it turned into a year-round bike shop. Must have been preparation for coming here where every bike shop's a year-round uh, bike shop. That's pretty cool. Uh, you have this rich history of entrepreneurship and community uh, involvement. You served as uh, mayor of, uh, is it uh, Victor, Idaho? That's right. How, how did that and your other experiences uh, sort of shape your vision for Buddy Pegs? You know, I think the key word there is community. And that's what we talked about a lot at our bike shop. And it wasn't that we, you know, invented this idea or, you know, tried to uh, to own this concept. It really was just so obvious. It was like, written in plain sight. It was just right in front of our face that, wow, this, this shop environment and what we love as, you know, bike shop enthusiasts is, is the community, right? It's people coming together. It's bumping into a friend at a bike shop. It's meeting, a you know, your partner at a bike shop. It's, it's just having these interpersonal experiences and bike shops are just these magical places that cultivate that. Mm -hmm. So through the years when we were developing, you know, our, our growth as a bike shop, we just kept coming back to this idea of community. And for some reason or another, probably books I was reading at the time and conferences I was going to and webinars I was sitting in, the the concept of community just became really strong in what we were looking to do. And that really led to more community involvement and engagement. So I was pretty young at the time, but, you know, I recognized that like going to a community meeting was important. Going to a city council meeting matters. Uh, Showing up for um, a volunteer role in launching a community event is important. And we just started doing more and more of that and realized that um, community give back was really central to what we wanted to do. Certainly from an entrepreneur's perspective, I mean, we're, you know, we've always been a for-profit, you know, uh, organization and business and whatnot, but it's so important to give back to the community and, and be involved beyond just the transaction of selling things. And eventually that led to yeah, public service and running for office and all that. That's cool. Well, let's, let's talk about Buddy Pegs. Uh, will you share uh, with the audience about Buddy Pegs' mission and uh, how it is that you fulfill that mission? Yeah, you bet. Um, we take our mission really seriously and our mission is to help save our home planet. It's really as simple as that. Um, we, we adopted that mission statement from the company Patagonia, who a couple of years ago uh, rebranded their mission or they re-announced, they, they reimagined their mission. And when they did that, they made a big announcement saying, hey, really, why are we in business? We're trying to uh, develop business practices and mindset and core ideology that helps us preserve our planet for the future generations. And there's no bigger mission than that. And it really dawned on me when we were thinking about why we want to get 
more families on bikes and more kids on bikes. Um, it's all, you know, in the vein of trying to help make the world a better place for future generations. And we believe really strongly that kids who grow up with a close connection to the outdoors and a close connection to their family become the leaders we want to see in the future. They're the citizens we want to see in the future. They're right. the, the neighbors we want to have in the future. So how do we get kids connected to nature? How do we get kids connected to their families more strongly? The bicycle is an awesome vehicle for that. So really what we're trying to do is create confident kids and connected families. It's one of our taglines um, and use the bicycle as a vehicle for doing that. So yeah, we're trying to create the leaders of tomorrow. Um, but what it looks like is uh, day to day, we we run a whole bunch of bike classes to get kids excited about riding. That's neat. Uh, confident kids and connected families. I love that. Uh, we have a three-year-old at home. We started late. Uh, we also have another baby coming in uh, December. Yeah, congrats. Uh, thank you. So hearing all that is is really speaking to me. So um, how does it work? I think you have memberships and we just talk more about what it is that you offer and how the memberships work and and what's the target age for the children uh, that come to Buddy Pegs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you bet. So first and foremost, yeah, our target age, we start our programming at two years old. Wow. Uh, we go up through the elementary years right now. So that's typically about 11 years old. Um, nowadays, with the advent of the balance bikes, mm -hmm. you know, we're really fortunate to have Strider here, you know, sort of leading yeah. the way in balance bikes. Um, they uh, allow kids to get on a bike at a really early age. Sometimes that's 18 months, sometimes it's younger, but really two years old is when most kids can get on a balanced bike and confidently start to move it around a little bit. So that's where we start our programming. Um, and the whole idea is that we wanna offer programming really similar to what other parents or what parents experience in other sports or other activities. So if you have a child that wants to get into gymnastics, soccer, basketball, baseball, name any sport, martial arts, music, dance, doesn't matter what it is, there's a programming path. There's classes and there's an environment that parents can understand that I can sign my kid up for this thing. The experts will teach them how to do it. They'll make it really fun. And the likelihood that they'll adopt that sport or activity goes way up. It's really no different than what we do at Buddy Pegs. We're just trying to reposition bicycling in, in the minds of parents and say, biking can be just like gymnastics, can be just like dance, can be just like sports. But there's no framework for that currently in the US. So what we're doing, the reason why we moved here to Bentonville is to create and really help create a national model for early childhood cycling education. So to get to your question, you know, what does it look like membership, et cetera? There's a lot of different ways that parents can sign up for our programming. Uh, membership being one of them, where a parent can sign up for membership and come to as many classes a week as they want. Mm. If they want to come just once a week, they can sign up for a once a week program. Um, it, it, but it really is pretty simple in general. If you're used to signing up for any other thing for your kid, you can come to Buddy Pegs and sign up for a bike class. And that sounds cool. Well, like I mentioned, we have a three-year-old. He's pretty rambunctious. Uh, he's had a Strider bike uh, since I think I bought it for his first birthday, but he didn't pay attention for a, a little while. And uh, as of late, he's paying a lot more attention to it. And I've noticed his butt's hitting the seat. So it's time. Uh, uh, so what do you recommend? How does he get started? Well, the first thing to know about is the bike size. And there's mm -hmm. a lot of, um, there's a lot of confusion out there and it's hard to find the right information if you're a parent about what wheel size, what bike size, at what age. Mm -hmm. So again, we try to really simplify that and boil it down. And we just tell parents, I'll tell you right now, buy on the birthdays and every birthday for a number of years, you're going to get a new bike. Nice. So that Strider that you have is really a two-year-old bike. Mm -hmm. And so you're right. That seat's probably pretty high right now. Um, and it still works. It's fine. You know, a three-year-old on a Strider is no problem. However, they really at three could be going to the next wheel size, which mm -hmm. is a 14-inch wheel. Mm -hmm. Not every brand makes a 14-inch wheel, um, but we do have a local bike shop as part of Buddy Pikes. So we can offer parents all the, the best equipment at the right ages and the right milestones. And we love seeing a child progress in wheel size, mm -hmm. in diameter. And for parents who don't know what I'm talking about in terms of 14, that's inches of height, right? Mm -hmm. The wheel is 14 inches high. So your Strider is 12 inches tall. That's right. At three, uh, Strider also makes a 14 inch wheel bike. You can go up to that size. And then at four, we're going to recommend that you go up to a 16 inch wheel size. Nice. And then at five, we're going to recommend that you go up to a 20 inch wheel size. There's some height variability mm -hmm. here, some inseam variability, but not as much as you think. 
And then at five years old, going to that 20 inch wheel, most of the time kids can stay on that 20 inch wheel for two years. And that's seven, a 24 inch wheel. And that nine, most likely going up to a 26 or a 27 and a half inch wheel. So first and foremost, get on the right wheel size. It makes a huge difference because as kids get taller, I could get really nerdy on this, but the, the gist of it is if you are sitting, even as an adult, too far above your wheels, mm-hmm. the bike doesn't have a lot of stability to That's it. Right. So as kids get bigger, they're sitting way above their wheels, the seat post is jacked way high and the bike becomes unstable. So getting on that next wheel size is key. And then programming. So we break our programming into preschool and elementary age programming. So at the preschool age, um, you can come to a class at Buddy Pegs or we offer classes at, uh, now I think we're at eight or so different preschools around Northwest Arkansas where we, mm-hmm. our coaches actually go to the preschool directly during the school day and kids come out groups at a time and we set up our bicycle playground in the parking lot of preschools and we run half hour classes for kids directly during the school day. So that's kind of the intro to our programming is that preschool age. That's neat. All right, we're going to have to just do it. Yes. Uh, I, I know he'll love it. Like I said, he's, he's, he's got, um, he tried on his Halloween costume or one of his Halloween costumes the other day. So this kid's running around the house in his full-blown astronaut costume. And then I see him show up on a tricycle and then I show, see him show up later on his Strider bike. <laughs> and then later he's got this little plane. He shows up on it. He was drying all the oh, yeah. loads of transportation. So it was it was great. It's just a lot of fun. So, well, it, you know, another bit of information that parents aren't always familiar with is when do you actually introduce pedals? Mm-hmm. So that's a really critical milestone. And a lot of parents are thinking about that. You know, I want my kid to be pedaling a bike and how do I do that? Mm-hmm. For you, you are at a critical milestone. Yeah. Personally. Because you've got a, a child who can confidently ride a balanced bike. And m- most of the time, a three-year-old who's confidently balancing a balanced bike can go straight to pedals without ever touching training wheels. Neat. But the right class environment and coaching really helps with that quite a bit. Um, but you're kind of ready, James, for that pedaling adventure and Excellent. lifelong adventure to begin. That is, well, that's cool. I, well, I finally got him to wear his helmet. So... I told him he couldn't even go outside with it if he wouldn't wear his helmet. That's so the way to do it. He's, he's ready for that too. Um, you know, Scott, Bentonville has become this hub for uh, the cycling uh, community, but also for the cycling industry, especially the last uh, couple of years. Will you talk about your experience more, a little bit more about moving here with your experience and how that affected Buddy Pegs? Yeah, you bet. Um, we moved here in 2019 mm-hmm. um, in September, but we first visited Bentonville that previous March, so March of 2019. And we were actually, my wife and, and son and I, we, we took uh, nearly a year to travel around the country doing Buddy Pegs programming in different communities and different cities, looking for the right place to land Buddy Pegs. Because we knew, you know, we had, we had aspirations for a national scale. We want to build something that can actually go across the country, right? And have a headquarters somewhere that, um, that would allow us to deploy coaches and programming around the country. Mm-hmm. Well, Bentonville was not on the list of places to do that from. It usually isn't. But we had to see it firsthand. We were driving, you know, nearby and, and we said, well, we should go to Bentonville and check it out. We've heard a lot written about it and want to see it firsthand. Did not think it was where we were going to actually move to. But then when we got here, obviously the trails were great. Um, the town's beautiful. The surrounding scenery is gorgeous. We love the mountains. So, you know, having the Boston Mountains right there is awesome. But what was really striking to us was the, the people and the support. And we just immediately started to get connected to people here who would lean in and mm-hmm. listen to what we were saying and be excited about it. And then give us, you know, five more names of people we should talk to. Yeah. And their phone numbers. And then I'd text those people and they would text back and then we'd be having coffee the next day. And so it just felt like there was all this support. Um, and that has just been uh, the story ever since. You know, if you need help here in Bentonville, especially from an entrepreneur standpoint, the help is there. And people will take your call and they'll meet you for, for a coffee and give you advice. And uh, that support is just monumentally critical as, a, as an entrepreneur. That's cool. I mean, look, you've been part of that too. You may not remember uh, uh, a couple of years ago, shortly after I got here. Well, first of all, I want to go back and look at this. You said y'all visited first in March of 2019. You were here by September. Yeah. That is, it is amazing how many people make that jump so quickly. Uh, and I'm, I'm always amazed by that. But um, let's see, my family, we got here in December of 2020. 
And not too long after that, I started talking to this guy, Jeremy McGee. <laughs> and then I found myself calling you, I believe in June of 2020, or I sent you an email. I'd gotten your information from Graham Cobb. And I'm like, because Jeremy called me one day and he's like, hey man, I'm ready to make the jump from San Diego, but I've got this weird timing going. Uh, I've got these, the, you know, of course, you know, he has his adaptive bikes yep, and sure. he was getting a new van ready and he needed to make the move and it didn't make sense to send him to San Diego mm -hmm. and then come here. And I said, give me a minute. And a few minutes later, we had a solution because you immediately responded, heck yeah, have him ship him to our place. Yeah. Yep. I remember that for sure. Um, and Graham, you know, he's like the ultimate connector and, yeah. and that's just sets the tone when you have somebody at the time he was, you know, heading up the chamber of commerce and, uh, sorry, the chamber of commerce and, you know, having somebody in a position like that, that actually connects you to the right people so fluidly and easily is, mm -hmm. is just, it's critical. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, you know, a lot's changed here in the last, uh, what, four years that mm -hmm. you've been here. Yeah. Um, and you know, both overall, but like we were talking about with the cycling industry starting to really cluster here. Will you share your thoughts on Bentonville's evolution in the four years that you've been here? Yeah, you bet. I mean, I think we would need a much longer podcast to share all of the thoughts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, what's been amazing is, uh, and you and I were sort of chatting about this in, in the pre-show time mm -hmm. here about how um, things get announced here that almost seem yeah, unlikely or impossible anywhere else. Yeah. And then before you know it, in, in a really short amount of time, it happens. You know, I remember hearing the first rumor of the castle and the castle trails, oh, yeah. right? And you're like, a castle with a bunch of flow trails coming off of it, what? And then it felt like months later it was there and it existed and it's been always here, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's been amazing to see the vision come to fruition so quickly. Um, and it's amazing to see the mountain bike momentum starting to lead to more of the on-street infrastructure and more of the bike, uh, bike as a lifestyle uh, as a transportation lifestyle piece, um, yeah. you know, infrastructure development programs starting to kick off. So I think that's something that will transcend all of the excitement and hype about mountain biking capital of the world. And I'm so looking forward to, and I already see it developing and unfolding, we're going to be the bicycle capital of the world, not just yeah. the mountain bike capital of the world. So to me, that's the most exciting stuff is I love the trails. I'm a mountain biker primarily. I can't believe the trail development that's been happening here, but I'm most excited and I already see it happening, the on-street and that the connected transportation pieces. You're exactly right. That's ramping up very quickly. Gravel is taken off uh, quickly here. Mm -hmm. and, and you're right. It probably will just become the cycling capital of the world, which right. is pretty neat. And we're in a unique environment where we have all four seasons so that that helps, I believe, uh, with that as well. Uh, it's just the right environment or, or right secret sauce all the way around. Um, you know, for the audience beyond our city and region, uh, from your point of view, Scott, uh, what unique opportunities does the greater Bentonville area and Northwest Arkansas provide for promoting the cycling, uh, for promoting cycling and healthy lifestyles, especially for children and families? And there is a, there's a, what I would call a monumental opportunity for mm -hmm. Bentonville right now which is to jump the curb from just infrastructure development to the intersection of infrastructure and programming. And while I do believe in the, if you build it, they will come, you know, methodology of getting more people off the couch and onto the bike and developing healthier lifestyles, I don't think it's gonna bring us all the way to where we wanna be as a community. And we must continue to think about layering on programming as a way to welcome other people into the sport. And we hear it all the time and we see it firsthand all the time at Buddy Pegs. You know, we work with thousands of families every year and there are many families who are not adopting the sport or the lifestyle just mm -hmm. because the trails are there. They'll live right next to them. They won't even know about them or use them. We have to welcome them in and we have to develop a systematic way to do that. So that's what we think about a lot from Buddy Pegs' standpoint is, yes, we're seeing a huge uh, growth in the number of families riding bikes, and that's great. But the bigger opportunity is all the families that we haven't reached yet, because there's a lot more of them out there than you realize. And they're kind of hidden in plain sight. Mm. And so we need to welcome those people in, give them a pathway to experience biking. We think that kids are the best on-ramp to that pathway, because when parents come and they see their children starting to enjoy the sport and exploring the different trails, 
they immediately, or maybe not always immediately, but they do over time start to wonder about themselves being a trail user. Mm -hmm. And then their family becomes a cycling family or what we call an adventure family. Um, but it has to happen in a thoughtful way. And I think programming is the way to do that on top of great infrastructure. So I think when Bentonville, when we collectively as a community really nail that, it's going to serve as a model for the whole world. And it can be born here, it can be developed here. And then I can't wait to see it spread so that other communities pick up on it and we start to really see meaningful change. That's cool. Uh, You know, everything is easy as it seems like somebody could just go right out their door and hop on, on a trail um, is people do need to be welcomed in, right? Uh, people have questions, you know, what, what bike do I get? How do I really do this? How do I keep from uh, hurting myself? And sometimes it just takes that little nudge. And, and I love uh, having that access to families through their children to uh, ride. And that's pretty neat. Um, why not this community? This is the right place to, to do it. Yep. Um, will you tell me a story? And this is going to be, this is the trademark question of this show. And this is a hashtag because Benton, uh, Bentonville story. Uh, that's a moment or a full-fledged story where you look back at it and you think, you know what, that could only happen here. Or maybe it describes the essence of this place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we were first visiting here, it was 2019, like I said, in March. And, and I was really eager to meet people who were doing cool things here and mm-hmm. innovative things. and were interested in, in obviously what we had to say about youth cycling. And so I was really trying to connect with people and, you know, swapping phone numbers. And like I said, meeting for coffees and whatnot. Um, and so it put me on sort of uh, high alert for if my phone, you know, dinged, mm-hmm. if there was a message coming in, right. Um, I'm not a huge social media user. Um, we do for our company, but you know, personally I'm not on sure. there a lot, but I was riding through town uh, when I was here that first visit, I was riding with my son and my phone banged and vibrated. And I looked down and it was a Facebook messenger alert. And so I stopped on the side of the road because I was like, well, this could be somebody I was trying to connect with. And I was doing a lot of outreach. And this message popped up uh, from a really old friend of mine, like 25 years ago, really close friend that we had lost touch with each other. And the message said, hey, I think you and your son just rode past my house. Are you in Bentonville? What? And I had no idea he was in Bentonville. Like yeah. really had lost touch with what he was up to in life. And so I, I spun a quick U-turn, he's standing on his front porch and we rekindled this friendship that was 25 years old, but we were, we used to race mountain bikes together around the country and we were really close at that point. And, uh, and now we're really close again because cool. uh, he had moved here because of all the excitement and energy that was going on. And I had come here because of all the excitement and energy that was going on. So to me, that's a Benville moment because there's so many people that are being uh, sort of magnetized to this place, some really great people. And uh, I just, I'm really looking forward to seeing that continue where really good people are looking to move here and, and contribute to this community. That's really neat. I, I've, isn't that amazing? 25 years and it's yeah, just right by my house. Yeah. And I mean, so cool. we never would have thought we'd re- reconnect in Bentonville, Arkansas of all the places 25 years ago, you know? That's yeah. really neat. Well, I, I have a less stellar story that just happened the other day and I, I had to go back around the block at the the square to uh, catch a two-second video of it. Um, it was a very hashtag because Bentonville moment where I saw a motorcycle with a bike strapped to the back of it. <laughs> I've seen a couple of those around now. That's a new trend. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Scott, your your role that you had at, at Thaden School, the Wheels Program Specialist role, that sounds pretty fascinating. Um, I'd love it if you could briefly talk about Thaden School and what that's about and um, about the program that you were involved in and how that connects to Buddy Pegs. Yeah, it's really another because Bentonville story, really. When we were, when we were here visiting, we also heard about this new school that was mm-hmm. being built. The campus hadn't been built yet, so Thaden School was still operating out of trailers over by where their barn is and their pump track. Um, but there was a parent info night we could go and learn about Thaden School. And from the little we'd already heard, it was something that we were really interested in. So we we went and we and we sat and we listened to Clayton Marsh, the head of you know founding head of school, still current head of school, um, give this speech about what the future of Thaden School was all about and the educational core ideology of what they were trying to build. And my wife and I were literally elbowing each other in the seats. Like, what can you, there's no way like a school like this actually exists. Are you kidding me? You know, focusing on the whole child, focusing on community, focusing on 
um, you know, community-based, project-based learning that really met every child where they're at, a, a number one central focus on diversity. Mm. Um, and to boot, an embedded bicycle track of, you know, curriculum and classes woven into the, the core fabric of the school. It just sounded unheard of, you know? I mean, sure. we couldn't have dreamed it if we just sat down and tried to envision the best model for a school that we could think of. Um, and, and I'm not overselling it. I mean, it really is just, it's such an incredibly unique place. So anyways, when COVID hit, uh, our Buddy Pegs programming got shut down immediately. We had just moved here, right? We had moved in the fall wow. of 2019. Sure. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was basically St. Patrick's Day-ish, you know, early mm -hmm. March of uh, 2020, the whole world shut down and we went into lockdown. Well, that meant no youth programming of any kind, which basically turned off the spigot of our business entirely. So as a, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur and a father, you know, what you, what you do is, is you go look for a job. I was like, well, yep. this, this company is not going to put food on the table for some time now. So let's think about how we can, uh, you know, stay here in this community and, but I need to go back and, and get a job somewhere. Um, as soon as I kind of had that thought, a friend of mine sent me the posting for the wheels specialist program over at Thaden school. Perfect. Amazing. You know, I read the job description and laughed. I'm like, this couldn't be any more of a dream job than what is written on this paper here. So I, I, I took the job as a great fit. Um, really love that school and everything that's going on over there. And it was an opportunity to take a really young program and try to take it to the next level. And that's never really been, uh, bicycling programming, bicycling classes mm -hmm. for kids in middle school and high school doesn't really exist anywhere in the country unless it's a dedicated bicycle mechanic shop class, which does exist. And in fact, even Bentonville High is a great ben, uh, bike mechanic shop class. But to think about how to educate seventh graders and eighth graders and then through high, uh, through high school years on bicycle riding, bicycle mechanics, and community development using the power of the bicycle build curriculum and classes around that. Who else is doing that in the country, right? In the world, I don't know. Uh, so it was amazing to help contribute to that program and uh, spend time thinking about how to inspire that next generation around bikes. And um, eventually Buddy Pegs, you know, picked back up, mm -hmm. pandemic started to pass by and we were able to get back to a regularly scheduled business of Buddy Pegs and that needed me back full time. So I I did uh, two years over there at Thaden School and then back to Buddy Pegs full-time. Well, what a neat time and a neat opportunity though, right? I mean, because Venville, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously, that was, yeah, couldn't be better. Uh, there's a lot of because COVID too. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag yeah, that, for sure. That is definitely because Bentonville, um, you know, it's because COVID that my family got here faster. We had already decided that we were coming here, but we were on a little slower track. And we were somewhere between passive and starting to get active and COVID forced us to change. Yeah, uh, and yeah. Uh, it accelerated the pathway here too. So not for all the bad things that happen. I keep hearing all these good stories that come out. That's great. Silver linings. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like storytelling is a big part of uh, Buddy Peg's, uh, of, of your story. Um, and when I was backgrounding you, I made myself a couple of notes. I found the World of Buddy Peg's podcast. Mm -hmm. Also found books like Buddy Pegs Taking the Lead. Uh, I did buy one. Thanks. Uh, it arrives on Saturday. <laughs> I should just kidding. buy you one. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, I, well, I'm going to bring it to you to, to sign it. Heck I'm looking yeah. forward to reading that to my son and then his sister when she comes. Um, I'd love to know, uh, you know, how you see stories then enhancing the mission of getting kids on bikes. I'd love to know more about that. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, as a dad yourself, I'm sure you've seen the power of story and the mm -hmm. power of, of media in your, in your child's life already, oh, yeah. right? And that's what really dawned on my wife and I uh, from the very start of wanting to do more with kids cycling. We just knew we wanted to do more to advance the number of kids on bikes. Um, and at the time we were thinking a lot about this, you know, somewhat unknown statistic, but since the year 2000, there's been about a 50% decline in the number of kids on bikes in the U.S. Wow. So if a generation's about 25 years, we could say, wow, the number of kids on bikes has been halved in one generation. That's unacceptable in my eyes. So, mm -hmm. you know, what do we do about that? I, well, I don't know. At the time we had, a, we had a, a, a child, your child's age, right? Your son's age, three years old. That's how old our son was when we said, why isn't there a book that we can read at bedtime that gets him excited about bikes and the biking lifestyle? Mm -hmm. 
And at the very least, there should be an alphabet book. Like, why isn't there a B is for bicycles? We literally just said that, you know, to each other one night and my wife and I. And it just dawned on us to, that if it didn't exist, somebody had to make it exist and we should be the ones to do it. We should just write a book called BS for Bicycles. So that's where it started. We started to just jot down some limericks with every letter of the alphabet that related to bicycles. Um, we started talking to friends uh, who had uh, gone into the publishing world. We started to learn about the publishing world. We launched a Kickstarter campaign for that book through our bike shop. And we were you know, really fortunate to have that funded. So we're able to move forward with uh, paying a friend to do the illustration, do all the printing and, and self-publish the book. So that became the genesis and the basis of launching Buddy Pegs. And everyone always wonders, you know, what is Buddy Pegs? It's a throwback reference to the, the metal pegs that you would screw on the back of a bike ah. so your buddy could come along for a ride. A lot of times BMX freestylers use them, mm -hmm. but when I was growing up, we called them Buddy Pegs because your buddy would stand on the back of the pegs and you'd take him along for a ride. So we thought, oh, that's kind of fun that we're trying to bring the next generation along for a ride. So it was BS for Bicycles first book. And then we uh, backed that up with Taking the Lead, which is the story of our animal characters who are introduced in BS for Bicycles, opening a bike shop in their town. And we launched this whole storytelling environment of these dogs and cats who ride bikes and live in the fictional town of Spokesville and uh, own a bike shop and bring more of the community you know, along for the ride. And uh, do it through bicycles. And then when we moved here to Bentonville, we rebranded BS for Bicycles, BS for Bentonville. And nice. we had some of the illustrations updated to showcase local ride spots around town and, you know, community landmarks. Um, and then we took the stories into podcast and we started to do these children's storytelling podcasts about these dogs and cats who ride bikes. And we'd voice act them and put in sound effects and music and everything. And that was the start of Buddy Pegs. But uh, trying to keep a long story short, uh, we started talking to a lot of parents when we were doing those books and we were on book tours and we were trying to, you know, visit different bike events and sell books. And we just kept hearing over and over again from parents that it was just hard to teach their kid how to ride. Even if they loved riding themselves, that moment of trying to get a kid off training wheels, uh, was a huge struggle. Mm -hmm. And it just, we realized through so many of those conversations that we really needed a foundation for programming to get more kids on bikes. So Buddy Pegs does have the storytelling and media side of it and it has the programming, direct programming side of it. Neat, brilliant, love it. Thanks. Um, looking ahead, what are some uh, projects or initiatives that uh, Buddy Pegs has going forward into the future? Yeah, so we're really focused a lot on direct programming right now. Um, we'll continue to have that as a primary focus. So right now we do year-round kids bike classes and summer camps in. Uh, Northwest Arkansas, including all the way down uh, into Fayetteville. Um, we also do that up in Kansas City. And next year, I guess the, you know, the big announcement here is we're going to Dallas. Awesome. So we're going to have our next market on tap. And uh, then we'll continue to build out this central team here that manages uh, these programs, especially summer camps. That's our big focus in these you know, different markets other than Northwest Arkansas. And continue to replicate that model um, from here in Northwest Arkansas, but start spreading the spreading the love into more more communities. Yeah, well, Dallas isn't that far away. It seems like the perfect uh, distance to start the next program. So that's, I'm, I'm glad that you're reinforcing that. So yeah. we're thinking, yeah, <laughs> that's really cool. Um, well, hey, as we start uh, wrapping up uh, the next segment, I'm going to ask you some questions that might seem a little silly on the surface. But uh, they're designed to get to know more about you and your personality and how you think. And then I'll ask you some advice questions uh, as well. So first question I have for you, Scott, is if you could design a magical bicycle, I imagine you're going to have an amazing answer for this, but if you could uh, design a magical bicycle and it could have any three capabilities and they could be real or imagined, uh, what would those capabilities be and why? <laughs> Right. I, I can't miss this opportunity to tell you about my magical bicycle. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> this magical bicycle is a bicycle sold at Walmart. Okay. And it has modern geometry. It doesn't have training wheels and it has a free wheel so the pedals can pedal backwards. And it's still sold for the same price that they have them sold for there now, which is very low, but that's okay. But it modernizes the bike in the largest retailer in the country, selling the most number of bikes, the most number of families in the country. And, and the great majority of those kids' bikes have terrible geometry. Uh -huh. 
They don't allow a child to reclock their pedals by spinning backwards. Um, and they're sold with training wheels. Let's be done with these training wheels. That is not how we should be teaching kids how to ride bikes. So uh, if you want to see a side of my personality, it's the angry bike coach side of my personality that I am so tired of the bike industry putting these training wheels on kids' bikes and not recognizing that we can teach kids a better way to ride through balance first. So nice. that magical bicycle, I want to see it in Walmart because that's where families are going to buy their first kid's bike. And we can reimagine that category in that store to be a modern bike that helps kids really fall in love with the sport. And it doesn't have to cost any more money. It just has to be, it just has to be disrupted a little bit. It just has to be like reimagined a little bit or just updated. Nice. You know, categories get updated all the time uh, across that store. Let's update the kid's bike category. There's your challenge, Walmart. I know you're listening. That's right. <laughs> Some of you out there are listening, I know. So spread it through the organization. And let's talk. Let's see what let's we can talk. do. Let's reinvent cool. those bikes just a little bit. Not a huge reinvention, but just a little bit. I love it. Um, what is the most unusual or unexpected place that you've had an opportunity to ride? Um, or the cycling has taken you? Yeah, right. Um, there's a lot of different places that cycling has taken me. And I think, um, well, I just, you know, I'll mention the, the most recent one. And this is a, this is a, um, maybe another because Bentonville, okay. you know, story, um, was over in Scotland for the world championship, um, bike events. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got a really good friend over in Scotland and, uh, the UCI, the governing world, you know, body of cycling announced that they were going to do all the world championships of every discipline of cycling, uh, in one place in Scotland. So, we packed up our bikes. We went over there, took an amazing family vacation, um, traveling through and riding in Scotland. And when we, when we got to the venue of the downhill mountain bike race, the very first person that we bumped into was Gary Vernon from Bentonville, Arkansas. All roads point to Gary. <laughs> right? <laughs> so that was great. And uh, we got to spend an awesome day with Gary, walking the course and cheering on and seeing for the first time in person, the USA cycling jerseys with yeah. Bentonville, Arkansas and Oz right on the front of the jerseys. That's cool. Um, so that was a, that was a great moment of, of, uh, of our cycling journey. Uh, that's pretty neat. Well, uh, I have to say, since you mentioned Gary, uh, if you haven't seen that episode, uh, Gary's been on the podcast and it's just a fabulous episode getting to hear the history of how the trails came about here and his part in it and, and how the whole cycling industry is coming here. Uh, so that's really cool. If Buddy Pegs uh, were to be the theme of a children's animated series, wait a minute, this sounds like <laughs> something you've done. Could be in the uh, works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what animal characters would play you other than cats and dogs? <laughs> and which ones would play other members of your team? Well, it's a, it's a funny question that you asked because we talk about that a lot and we actually have members of our team that voice act these different animal characters. So it's oh, actually nice. closer to the truth than you realize. Wow. Um, so the owners of Buddy Pegs in our storytelling podcast are, are me and my wife. And then we have, um, you know, other supporting characters uh, who play different roles. So, um, you know, I, there's, a, there's a lot of opportunity to talk about animation and getting... The I'm going to deviate off that question just a little bit yeah, because I think it's another it. important thing to be thinking about if anybody's listening in terms of how we get more people on bikes, especially more kids on bikes. You know, why don't we have TV shows for kids that have animal characters riding bikes? Right. Right. We celebrate the cars. We celebrate planes. We celebrate trains. All in these uh, kids media ecosystems, right? Let's have one on bikes and let's introduce kids to bikes in the way that other transportation modes are already doing it and sort of normalize bikes and get kids fired up about bikes from that early age through, through media. That's and cool. I'll play any character you want me to in that. <laughs> Let's do it. Exactly. Well, you know, now that I'm getting to see all the kids shows of today, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of shows out there that I think can, can do this from animated shows to ones with this guy blippy. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get him over here to, to buddy pegs and yeah, uh, yeah. to check it out. Yeah. The, why, why don't these exist? Right. That's, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Time with time running short, not quite mm -hmm. sure how much time uh, we have left, but uh, I'll ask you a couple of advice questions um, throughout your journey uh, with buddy pegs. And even before uh, that, uh, you've worn many hats. We've talked about some of them. I'm feeling kindred spirit here, thinking about my past. Uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, community leader, educator, uh, and more. 
Um, what advice would you give to uh, somebody who's looking to follow a similar multi-dimensional path? The best piece of advice that I've ever received um, is ask for help, you know, and build a, build a support network around yourself. Um, do it in a way that, that is structured. And this, this is the hard part, mm-hmm. um, but it's not that hard, really. Um, but ask people to help you and ask them to do it in a certain way that allows them to actually contribute to what you're doing with their advice, not a lot of their time, mm-hmm. um, and do it in a regular, uh, in, a, in a sequenced way where you meet with a board of advisors for yourself on a yeah. regular basis and figure out who you want to get advice from and just go ask them for advice because most people will give it to you if you, especially if you put good structure around it because um, you can't do it alone. And that, that is sage advice. <laughs> uh, I've never done the board of advisors thing for myself and I've heard that from people before. I just need to quit thinking about it and, and doing it. But um, I've started a few companies, obviously in this job. This is my way of getting uh, to do community leadership. I've taught in an MBA program, uh, but putting a board of advisors around me uh, sounds better than just asking for help. Yeah, I right. love that. And and people will will lean into that. Yeah, more. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, next one. Um, in the realm of social entrepreneurship, uh, especially in the cycling and the outdoor industry, um, it's rewarding, but it's also challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, what key lessons have you learned along the way that could be beneficial for others to know that are venturing into this space? You know, the the lesson that I still, I think it's a lifelong lesson, you know, maybe I'm just stubborn and whatnot, but um, it, it's, it's expect, expect to not be supported, mm-hmm. right? It's okay. Everyone's busy. There's lots of stuff going on. People are focused in a lot of different ways on all the different things. Um, so your great idea is not always going to be everybody's great idea. Yeah. Um, and just get used to that, you know, and uh, believe in yourself, um, continue to go in a direction that makes sense for you um, and and know that you know when support doesn't come it's not because it's a bad idea or you've you you know you're going down the wrong road it's just it might take a little longer than you realize to get the support you need yeah that's right your own best advocate is yourself right mm-hmm. uh, people are all busy trying to do great things for themselves for their families for for the, the things that they believe in and support, but you have to be your best uh, own best advocate. And I would say the the flip side for the entrepreneurs out there to that is this reminder is that goes back to the last uh, thing is a lot of times folks won't ask for help at the earliest stages in their business because they're afraid somebody's going to steal their idea. Right, right. No, they're not. Yeah. The likelihood that somebody is going to steal your idea is infinitely low. Yes. Because they already have a passion, a, a passion and a dream and something they're doing. And if they don't, they're not going to be passionate enough about your idea anyway to take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. those, I think those two things sort of work uh, together. Um, I have two questions left for you. Uh, the first one is, uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you or, or learn more about Buddy Pegs, how do they do that? Well, I'd love for everybody to come and visit our location. So we have mm-hmm. Buddy Pegs HQ. That's our headquarters. That's the very, it's almost, I think it is the last building in Bentonville to the yeah. north. <laughs> it's on the Wishing Springs section of the Greenway. Um, and you uh, emerge if you take the Greenway out of the tunnel under I-49 and we're the first building right there. So a lot of people know about Buddy Pegs. Um, but maybe they haven't come and visited yet. So I really encourage you to come check it out. We have a full family bike shop. We've got a full bike service department. Obviously, we have all the kids' bike classes. We have indoor ride zone for teaching learn to pedal and balance bike classes. We have an outside backyard for our mountain bike kids and skill development for the mountain bike kids before we go hit the trails. Um, and we do programming from never ever, ever to shredder, you know, all the way through nice. the, the whole spectrum. Um, Always welcome to shoot me an email, scott at buddypegs.com. Love to hear from you. Um, but just come say hi, stop in. You know, a lot of people ride by that I know and they just don't ever stop and just come in and say, they might not have kids and I get yeah. it, but that's okay. Come check it out. See what we got going on over there. And I think it'll be more than you realize. Absolutely. You know, if you're around the corner at 
NWA workplaces uh-huh. or the Bend, all those places nearby. Buddy Pegs is just around the corner, even if you haven't noticed it yet. Yeah. So it's a uh, great old neighborhood we got there. Yeah, it is a cool neighborhood. Um, Scott, last question. What's something I didn't ask you that I should have asked? Ooh, hey, you know what? Our kids' bike races that are happening right now. Oh, yeah. Um, so this is fall 2023, and we have three more kids' bike races that are happening called the Pedal Kids Race Series. And that is a, a community kids' bike race that happens in neighborhood parks. Nice. So we had our first one of the season uh, last weekend in Memorial Park. We had 115 kids racing around Memorial Park oh, wow. in a really fun obstacle course built specifically for kids. And we have balanced bike kids at two years old, all the way up through 11-year-old kids racing um, with different numbers of laps, depending on how old the kids are. We've got our next race coming up at Osage Park, and that's going to be October 29th. And then we're going to be over at Thaden School. And I believe that day is November 11th. Check buddypegs.com just to confirm. I sometimes get dates a little bit confused. And then uh, the last one will be at Buddy Pegs headquarters. I think that's uh, December 4th. And they are a blast. They're so fun. We're always looking for volunteers to help out, um, bring the kids, make a day of it. We usually have food trucks and a lot of fun things going on. And we activate these spaces that you see all the time that you probably wouldn't imagine as a kid's bike race course, but we make it super fun. Man, that sounds great. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, Scott, thanks for sharing your time with our audience and and with me and um, enjoyed hearing your story and about uh, Buddy Peg's. Um, and I appreciate the work uh, that, that you're doing. I made myself a couple of notes that I wanted to uh, say to you about that work. Uh, I appreciate that, um, you know, you're bringing kids and adults uh, closer, that you're helping everybody get outdoors. And as you said, creating the leaders of tomorrow, um, you know, inspiring these leaders, both on a global scale and in their home communities is super important. And you're doing that. So thank you. Thanks. I appreciate it. We covered a lot of ground and I really appreciate the time, James. Thanks. Cool. Thanks. Well, thanks to our Bentonville Beacon audience uh, for making this show so successful. Uh, The guests make this show so easy for me and I love providing this platform to share their fascinating stories and the incredible work that they're doing that more often than not is making such a significantly positive change uh, in the world. Your engagement, your encouragement, they're both very meaningful to me as well. Uh, And it's because of your commitment to routinely tuning into this show that the Bentonville Beacon is going to reach 100 episodes in the next couple of months. So I want to thank you for that uh, because that's that's a huge milestone. So take a moment to keep the momentum going by sharing Scott's and and Buddy Pegg's story. Uh, Share it with your friends, your colleagues. Go ahead and do it right away after, after this show. And as always, keep coming back to learn more about the entrepreneurs, the business executives, and the community leaders who are sparking the rise of the greater Bentonville area and Northwest Arkansas, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. For all of our episodes, check them out at bentonvillebeacon.com and we'll see you next time.